It is Morning Drive, fourth and final hour, off and running here on a Tuesday. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, it is a top four Tuesday in the world of college football. Tonight, in between, I believe, the two marquee college basketball games, you will get the first college football playoff rankings revealed. So it is now time for us to give ours how we believe it will play out at this very moment in time. Those are different things, though, right? How we think that's going to play out tonight versus Correct. what we would vote on. Now, you guys might be much closer to what's going to happen tonight. My prediction, uh, LSU 1 based on resume, Ohio State 2 based on total dominance. I could see Clemson 3, Bama 4 because Clemson maybe has a slight edge in, in, in strength of schedule. Um, but I, I assume it's going to be those four in that order. Probably Bama 3, Clemson 4, maybe switched, and Penn State 5. That, that would be my guess for tonight. I would go LSU 1, Ohio State 2, Bama 3, Clemson 4. That was what I put out Saturday night after all the games wrapped up. That's what I think the committee will do as well. But again, we have so many weeks of this. We've been doing it on the show all season long, basically. They start it tonight with the committee, and it'll continue throughout the rest of the season. Your top four would be? My top four is basically yours. LSU, um, Ohio State, Bama, Clemson. Um, I think that's how the committee will, at least this week, um, and now it's going to change next week because Alabama and and Alabama and LSU plays one another. But even in, even with those two teams, even if one of them lose, I think the other still stays in the top four. Uh, and then for me, um, if we're rounding out, you know, after that five, six, seven, and eight, uh, I put Georgia at five. Florida at six, uh, Oregon, I mean, not Oregon, but um, Baylor um, at seven. And then it's kind of, you, you toss, throw your hats up, Oklahoma, Oregon, uh, whichever one you want to put. But, you know, I still got, I still have Florida in my top six. So let, let's Even with two losses. Let, let's say LSU is number one. Uh-huh. If they lose, like if, if the committee says tonight LSU is number one, LSU loses the close game on the road, they're not going to fall out of the top four. I couldn't imagine that I happening. I don't think they are either. If Bama is four tonight mm-hmm. in the committee's eye and they lose a one-possession game, can they justify keeping them at four the following Tuesday? So, all right, say say that again. If Bama is number four tonight, yeah, for the committee, and they, and they, and they lose, lose at home close yeah, games, yeah. close game. yes, can so you justify four, a field goal? Yes, two two reasons. One, if anything, it proves that you're dead even with number one, right? This is the same reason I would argue Georgia belonged in the playoff last year. The fact that they lost to Alabama in a, an extraordinarily close fashion and basically dominated the game was not a reason to kick them out of the playoff. It was a reason to put them in the playoff, in my opinion. Um, and number two, the committee is supposed to start fresh every single week. If Penn State destroys Minnesota at number five and they destroy an unbeaten Minnesota on the road, you could see Alabama falling and Penn State taking that spot. The question is how big of a gap does the committee view that there is between three and four, Alabama-Clemson, give or take, who's whatever spot, and the rest of the field? Like, Penn State, and then all these really good one-loss teams, Oregon, Utah, Georgia, and Oklahoma, how, how does the committee view all of that? How do they parse it all out? And if they think that, you know, do they, do they view Minnesota and Baylor as like 15 and 16, or do they view Minnesota and Baylor as like 10 and 11? That could also be a factor. 
How high do they think Minnesota? So, like, Minnesota is undefeated. They've played a terrible strength of schedule. They barely beat everybody in the first couple of weeks, but now they're winning by 40 or 50 points. So, like, they've gotten significantly better as the season has gone along. Baylor just struggled with West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so how good are they? So, with a terrible non-conference schedule, same thing. So, if the committee thinks Minnesota's, like, 10th instead of 15th tonight, and then Penn State beats Minnesota, like, it's all connected. This is what makes college football so great. It's but all do connected. you take into account when it comes to... Um, Baylor because they did win, but you take it to account short week on a Thursday. I mean, holiday night. Yeah, I mean, of course, everything's taken into account. I hope in the committee, uh-huh. like in, in a perfect world, I would assume every committee member consumes every possible piece of information, whether that's a, an analytics metric or eye test or game film or you know scouting reports. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I would hope that every single member of the community committee takes in every single possible thing. And then does their job, which is to rank the four best teams in America. Not the four best strength of schedule or the four best resumes, but the four best teams in America. Do you think they factor in what Vegas says? Because, and the reason I ask that, Penn State, because you can sit there and say, yeah, Penn State would win Mm -hmm. at Minnesota. They'd be a very good win. But Vegas has made Penn State almost a touchdown road favorite against undefeated Minnesota. So if Penn State wins going away... It's what they're supposed the, to do, sort of. It's kind of what they're supposed to do based I, on that I, number. I don't think the committee should take Vegas into account. Do they take into account Georgia's bad loss as a three-touchdown favorite to South Carolina? 100%. Just like, they, just like the committee... And again, this is where we can argue about what may or may not have happened if Oklahoma had an extra two minutes in the game against Kansas State. They, they may <laughs> come back and win that game if there's an extra five minutes of football left to be played. But what I hope the committee also takes into account is the fact that Kansas State scored on eight consecutive possessions and that they were up by 25 points in the fourth quarter, and then they went into prevent defense mode. So I, like, what I hope for is that the committee looks at every score but understands how the game was played. Like The Georgia game it came down to Rodrigo Blankenship, who's a, who's a really good kicker, missing a field goal. You know, There's a bunch of interceptions that probably one of them should have been called back on from. There were some bad penalties, questionable penalties on both sides. Like What I hope is that the committee knows all of this stuff. That when they when they evaluate Georgia and Oklahoma and whoever else, that they know all of the the critical nuances of how the team has played in every game, not just one game, not just against top ten teams or top twenty five teams, but how every team has played in every game. That's that's a tall ask, but that's your job as a committee member. And if you can't do that job, you shouldn't be on the committee. Because I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, Sign me up. I'm yeah, in. I'll, I'll watch every single game. I already do that. So, do you think all of these committee members watch every like yes. like even some of the Pac-12 games yes. late at night? So they, none of them really watch the games in the moment, right? Because they all have jobs, like their athletic directors and conference commissioners and all these other people. But they are given an iPad that has the coaches' film on the iPad for every single team, and they can watch every single play for every single team. In, in like a like in like a thirty minute, you know, they could take the whole. You know how the NFL Network used to take the NFL games and condense them into thirty mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. They just cut out all the fluff and all the running clock stuff and the extra downtime. So that's how what they have essentially as coaches' film and TV film. So every committee committee member has every play for all these teams in one place that they can watch, and, and then they have these massive data, you know, files. Essentially, there's a dossier on every team, right? And every team has got all these major metrics, and they can look at every team next to each other across all these metrics. So they should have every piece of evidence and material that they should need to decide who's the best. And it's, sometimes it still comes down to, I've looked at all this stuff, I've watched the film, I've looked at the... My gut tells me I think LSU's better than Ohio State, or whatever. And, and if that's your feel, how do you 
tell a person that that's not you know what I mean like if you've done your diligence and you've studied it and I have Alabama one Clemson at two I have you know I th- you could go Ohio State three you can go LSU three I, I'm okay with either one but those are the top four mm-hmm. uh, you know that's just my opinion my opinion is Alabama and Clemson are the two best teams in America you know you can disagree and that's okay big finish coming up at 9 45 this morning also we have Gasgate coming up at 9.30. You're going to want to stick around for that. It's going to be one of the best things you hear all week long. Uh, but speaking of a feeling, i got a feeling for Saturday with the Vols. That's next on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive 916 live here on a Tuesday edition of the show. The big finish coming up at 9.45 this morning. We are absolutely loaded on tomorrow's show. Tim Brando from Fox Sports is going to join us. Uh, Derek Mason from Vanderbilt. Our, we've got a D-Mace dissection. Sean Henry's going to join us. Uh, and then also, Braden, uh, we have author, uh, author, <laughs> author Andrew Marinus that's going to be on the show. Yeah, he's got a new book coming out. He wrote the definitive autobiography, or I guess biography, excuse me, of uh, Perry Wallace, Strong Inside, uh, about Perry Wallace, Vanderbilt player who broke the color barrier in the SEC. Uh, obviously a, a really a, a, extremely important and also well-done book about a, a local star that sort of kind of got pushed out of the community and then brought back late in life. Um, he's got a new book coming out about the Olympics, which is really cool, so we're going to talk with him tomorrow about that. His father, of course, David Marinus, is, I believe, won like like 37 Pulitzer Prizes or something crazy like that. He's one of the best writers of all time. So so my gut feeling lately on the local teams has been pretty good. I thought the Buccaneers would be a disaster against the Titans. Ton of turnovers. Titans would win. Nailed that one. I thought the Panthers would win by 7 to 10 points against the Titans. Nailed that one. I know a lot of people last week said, oh, no, no, Tennessee should never be favored by 13 points over UAB. I thought Tennessee would win going away against UAB. They did just that. I don't have a good feeling about Tennessee this week going to Kroger Field. You think about Tennessee last year. They beat Kentucky. Kentucky has a dream season. Kentucky off the bye. Kentucky impressive win going into the bye over Missouri. I think this is going to be a really tough spot for Tennessee this week, and I do not like the Volunteers. Yeah, yeah, I want to know what the offensive line looks like. What, What does the running game look like? If you tell me that they can run the football effectively, which they've struggled to do this year kind of consistently, then I think they can go up there and win. Vegas is really telling you a story on this game. Open at like what three, three and a half minus Kentucky favored at home. It is now, I believe, Tennessee as a half point to a one a one point favor, which means everybody's pouring money in on Tennessee on this. Um, I I wonder if that's what that's based on. Now Tennessee fans probably have nightmares about a Kentucky team beating you with a quarterback who's actually a wide receiver. Um, there's probably some like PTSD about that. And if Lynn ba- Lynn Bowden's going to play at quarterback versus Sawyer Smith, we don't know yet. Uh, at least I haven't seen an update. I'm not sure. Maybe unless you guys have seen an update on that. Um, he's they basically they basically beat Missouri with a wide receiver running the ball like 30 times at quarterback, which is like a crazy thing to to do. So Mark Stoops, give him credit. He's keeping that team afloat right now on his basically without a quarterback. Not to make this so much about Missouri because uh, I did want to get to Tennessee, but Missouri kind of interesting now. Three losses is Missouri a little bit of a disappointment compared to what we thought. We were trying to figure out who the third team would be in the mm-hmm. East this year. I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, we thought that Kelly Bryant going there, uh, they would be. Would they win the East? No, but they would put up a fight, push Florida yeah, for the push second, maybe Florida. You know, give Georgia a good game, 
and it just hadn't worked out that way. They've lost three games within the conference and on, on the verge of losing maybe one or two more. Um, and the whole Kelly Bryant project or experiment hasn't, you know, gone the way that Missouri thought it would go. Um, so, yeah, it's but it's always that one team, I think, that you have high hopes on that ends up disappointing. A few years ago, it was UT. You know, we thought because this team had a bunch of, you know, juniors and seniors on it, um, guys that had played a bunch of games, we thought this is the year that UT wins the East and find themselves in the SEC championship game. And they finished damn near at the bottom of the conference. Um, so I think there's always one team that either we say, you know, what, this is a team that's going to push for the East or this is the team that's going to end up finishing at the bottom. I don't think anyone thought Kentucky, or was it two years ago, would do what they did. Uh, well, that, they last would be, year. Yeah, last year. Ten, we thought they wins. would be a good team, but didn't know that they would be a 10-win team. Yeah, I mean, I thought LSU was going to – take a major step back last year and mm-hmm. they won nine or ten games and, and so you're always going to miss on teams it's just the way it goes and you know as it stands currently the projections were largely georgia one florida two mm-hmm. missouri three you know tennessee kentucky four and five south carolina six vandy seven mm-hmm. well it's not it's not that far off right like tennessee could finish five and three in the conference yeah. which is insane which would put them into third place. So Tennessee may be a little bit better should they finish off the deal with Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. But there's still a lot left to be decided here. If Missouri wins a couple of games, Missouri's got Georgia. They're probably going to lose that mm-hmm. one. Um, if Missouri, Missouri's schedule's tough. So Missouri's the one that could be the team we whiff on this year. But everybody else is kind of in line. Like, How about Texas A&M? Yeah. I think we thought same thing with Auburn, too. Like We thought their schedules were too difficult for mm-hmm. them to be elite. That We thought Bama and LSU were one and two. And, you know, we discussed Auburn. I think I had Auburn 3, A&M 4. And that sort of looks about right. Um, you know, Mississippi State is is probably worse than we thought, but it's probably going to finish right where we thought they were going to finish. Arkansas is going to finish 7th. So there's really not as unpredictable a year in the SEC. Now it's happening in a different way than we thought maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo Nix being the starting quarterback at Auburn, for example. Tennessee losing to Georgia State but but winning SEC games. You know, not what we projected. So... Um, you know, it's it's probably not what we thought it was going to look like, but it, it's going to kind of end up pretty close to chalk unless some craziness happens down the stretch, which I guess is possible. Okay, A and M because A and M is that is that one team they're three and two in the conference, six and three overall, and those losses are to um, Clemson on the Clemson, road, Alabama, Alabama, and have not played LSU yet. Who's the other but was we, the third loss? But we look at this uh, third loss. Was, was it Auburn? It was Auburn. Auburn. So they've lost to three of the top ten teams, 12 teams in America. But you look at Jimbo and you think, okay, was is next year the year he's supposed to get this team back on track? Yes. yes. Everyone in College Station pointed to 2020 okay. all summer long. I, to me, the teams that I would look at for 2020, Penn State, Texas A&M, mm-hmm. they're bringing almost everybody back next year. I know it's a little early to start talking 2020 college football rankings, but there's a few teams that are circling next season. And, and I think A&M was one of them because Clemson's not on the schedule next year, mm-hmm. right? You get, a, you, know, you, get, you get Texas A&M, gets a lot of good teams at home, so we'll see. When Tennessee goes to Missouri in a couple of weeks, there's a good chance that the Missouri Tigers are riding a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Yep. Missouri has lost to Vanderbilt and Kentucky back-to-back weeks on the road. 
They're coming off of bye. They go to Athens this week. Georgia's going to smash them. And then they're going to play Florida in two weeks. There's a chance that Missouri's 5-5 five and five when they take on Tennessee. I think that's a very winnable game for Tennessee. I'm not, I'm not going with the smash thing no? against Georgia. No. Well, let down maybe? So, so, so what's weird about Missouri is they've played really well against Georgia and Florida. I, don't, I can't explain why. Remember this game last year? Georgia was number seven in the nation. It was in Columbia, and, and they won, I think, 43-29. So Missouri scored 30 points with Drew Locke. Now, very different team, Drew Locke. But they scored 30 points on that Georgia defense last year. That's big time. Remember a couple years ago, Jacob Eason had to throw a touchdown pass on the final seconds to beat Missouri. And I think that was Kirby Smart's first year. They've beaten Florida, I think, two in a row. So Missouri has been better in these big games than we think. I just don't know why, like to your point, Nick, if you're losing to Vanderbilt and Kentucky without a quarterback, why are you going to all of a sudden... And they lost to Wyoming to start the year. Yeah, flip the switch and be better. I I don't know. So Missouri's wins this year. West Virginia, Southeast Missouri State, Troy, Ole Miss, and South Carolina. South Carolina, their best win? Yep. I would say. Yeah, probably. I mean, you could be getting getting them at the perfect time if you're Tennessee. Because like you said, you go to Georgia and you host Florida... If you get beaten up in those two games, which is very possible, if Tennessee's healthy, Tennessee could roll into that game feeling mm-hmm. good about itself. Right now, your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to see Blue Raider football at MTSU as they host Rice at Floyd Stadium on Saturday, November the 16th. Just be calling number five right now, 615-737-1025. We will come back. Major news in the world of sports talk radio yesterday. Mm. Gasgate. Next on Morning Drive. (laughs) When it comes to your internet, guys, good enough doesn't cut it. Speaking of cutting it, we'll get to that coming up after the break. Xfinity Internet. Internet's better because it streams better. Yeah, you heard that right. Introducing Xfinity Flex, a personalized streaming dashboard that puts all your favorites in one place. So they're not all scattered across a bunch of apps. It's searchable with your voice, so all you have to do is say, play romantic comedies. And it plays romantic comedies. Plus, it has over 10,000 free shows and movies. Search less and watch more with the voice-controlled streaming device that's made for you. It's not just easy, it's effortless. And now it's included with Xfinity Internet for no additional cost. That's simple, easy, and awesome. Get Internet, get Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement and add a Flex 4K streaming device for no additional cost. It's two amazing services for the price of one. Go to Xfinity.com slash Flex. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit an Xfinity store today. Ends one Restrictions apply. New performance starter internet customers only. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rates apply. Gasgate when we come back. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise with you here on this Tuesday. ESPN 102.5, the game. The big finish coming up at 9.45. So, a lot of good stuff today. Uh, if you missed any of the show, you can always download the podcast on demand at thegamenashville.com, including Floyd Reese, Casey Alexander, our Top 4 Tuesday, all of our takes on the Preds, LSU-Bama. A lot of good stuff today on the show. But we saved the best for last. So The, the most important journalism of the that day. That is correct. Yeah, like real hard-hitting stuff. Because sometimes in sports talk radio, when certain talent do things, it just goes viral. And... You know, we like to take shots at the big guy in New York on this show, Mike Francesa, because social media has really exposed this guy for what he is. And yesterday, apparently, he does these things where before his show, he's on from like 3 to 6 in the afternoon, but he does like a digital hit in the morning for 5 or 10 minutes, and he was reacting to the Jets debacle 
against the Dolphins on, I believe, one of his digital platforms. And apparently, he broke wind. He passed gas. He it, farted. It, he farted. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Or, or <laughs> my wife has tried to teach my kids toot, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Honey, it's a fart. Yeah. Okay. Just own it. Just, just. It's all good. And then laugh about it. It's the human body. Yeah, just laugh. Farts are funny. I'm going to be 85 years old, and the fart's going to be funny. Yes. Homo sapiens release right gas. That's what we do. Our body can only contain so much. In fact, I have a book. I'm not kidding. I have a book, a children's book for my kids called The Gas We Pass. Oh, I'm wow. not even kidding. And it actually explains what happens to your body if you hold in a fart. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is how much ounces that come. If you eat beans, you have these kinds of farts. If yes. you eat meat, you have these kinds of farts. And it's not healthy to hold in those farts. Yes. You got know, to pass that gas. So yesterday, while <laughs> ripping Adam Gase, Mike Francesa ripped a fart. I don't usually make rash decisions with coaches. I try to be reasonable. I understand what their livelihood is. I understand how much time they put into it. I've been around a lot of coaches. I understand how much work they put into this, especially NFL head coaches. But when you cannot function, when you're not functioning as a franchise, all right, that's good. That's good. Okay, Let me hear just let's let's hear just that like. That 10 seconds, like just five seconds there, just maybe over and over again. <laughs> Especially NFL head coaches. But when you cannot. F- yeah, yeah. He ripped. Could totally. that, wait, wait, hang on. Okay, just for the sake of discussion. Could that have been, you know how you're, if you're sitting in a leather chair uh-huh. and you kind of can move to the side or something and maybe like there's a little air in the chair uh-huh. or like your skin rubs on the chair uh-huh. or like, you know, you can make that noise sometimes on yeah, a chair? I is get it, what you're saying. No. Is it possible? That's that, what happened? No. That's one that went up his back. Is it possible? It went up his back. That two up, other yeah. Utes driving the same metallic mint green. <laughs> it, it went up his diaper? Yeah, it like went up, up and out the back, back and came out. <laughs> there's, to me, there's zero doubt he farted. He's a bigger individual. He's in his 60s. Just admit it. Just say it, and Just nobody would have an issue. You ripped it. We've discussed on this show exactly. when we've broken wind during a break. How many, times, how many times do we accidentally burp in the middle of talking and then go, yeah. oh, excuse me? Yeah. And then you just move yeah, on. It's like it's a happens. bodily function. So this became a big story. So, yeah, apparently the New York Daily News was writing about it because they have nothing else to write about. Yeah, clearly nothing's uh, happening right yeah. now. Yeah, no, no, no baseball hot stove columns. They decided to write about Mike Francesa <laughs> passing gas. And let's take a listen. As Francesa got on the air for his afternoon show on WFAN, here was Mike's defense of Fartgate. Because there is not one kernel of truth about that on any time. Plus, I'm telling you the process that we go through with the five-minute morning, we turn them around. They are taped, and they're edited by Anthony. Anthony, did that happen this morning? Look, shaking his head. No, of course it didn't happen. He <laughs> tapes them for me every morning. Fake news. Right. I mean, just to show you how ridiculous this stuff is, folks, and offensive and crude. Oh, I mean, my God. God, there's no chance that would ever happen, number one. Number two, if something ever happened accidentally, we would stop the tape and start over, which we have the ability to do at any oh, moment. God. It's not live. Morons. <laughs> Dude, you're in New York. He ripped it, so, man. so he, you're in New York. You're calling me that's, that's he, crude? He finds it offensive and crude, but for 30 years has made a living, right. seven figure living. Being offensive and crude to everybody that ever calls his show. Right. You moron. He ripped it. Francesa, you Who ripped cares? it. Interesting choice of words in the beginning there. He said there's not one kernel of truth. Yeah, there's plenty of kernels. There might have yeah. been a kernel in his pants when he got done ripping exactly. gas. You ripped yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, but when you cannot function. <laughs> 
You owned it. Well, your bodily functions. My my favorite. Can can we have? A, can we do a power ranking of the fart sounds? Because I because I think that, I think you that totally ripped it. I think that sound the <laughs> like I think that one is my is that your favorite. Horn? I think that's my favorite. If I had to rank them, you know, there's the wet one, and then there's like the, the low grumbly oh, one, man. and then there's. <laughs> but wouldn't he? Like he I would been. That's my favorite one. Is the, just the to car say, horn. You know what, <laughs> man? I've ripped one. Yes. <laughs> And then got got on with it. Yeah. Like if we weren't one, it's just rip one, man. It's just just ripped it. That's all. Yeah. Oh, who sat on a duck? Yeah. That that guy has never owned a mistake in his life. Oh man. Hey, Cannot see, function. Yeah. The the, the th- Cannot function. <laughs> the real throaty guttural ones are good, you know, like the the ones that you do under the microphone, Derek, when you're yeah. when you're like, oh this. What do you think about this game? And you're like, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, I, I wish I could have done sports radio uh-huh. in 1989 when the format launched, uh-huh. because the amount of guys that have made a ton of money in this industry that have been exposed <laughs> due to social media and on-demand audio and podcasts uh-huh. and simulcasts, like back in the day, you'd get on the radio in 1992, you'd just blurt out whatever you want. Nobody would check you on it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it and it's now. Spe- it, Fact check. Well, and it, well, hopefully there's a fact check happening in this country. No um, social media, but but it does it does speak to the thing we were we, we were talking about yesterday with the whole mm-hmm. Jermaine Whitehead thing for the Cleveland Browns, where he we we live in this world where and and I I, I suppose it, it it applies to media. I don't think any of the three of us do this, but like we we I view I view Twitter as as a requirement of the job. Like I, we have an audience, you know. We want to. I think interacting with our audience is part of a, a requirement for the job. I, I think that's sort of our like uh, putting our opinions out there is the job. Nick, you put out a ton of opinions on Too Twitter, much. Um, and, and Derek less so. I'm probably in the middle, but like we all sort of view it as part of the job, and that's mm-hmm. just, like we're sort. It's sort of necessary for us. If you were a player, especially if you reach a certain level, we've talked about this before. Once you get to a certain level, what is the value? Of like lo- searching your name. Remember, you talked about the announcer. You were Spiroditas, Keaton Slovis, the whatever the quarterback for USC. No, Spiroditas. Like these guys, because you didn't tag. Why him, are so you he searching search his, his name? His name. Like, so we live in this world where people get done with something that they're doing, whether it's a broadcast or a game, and they just go immediately to the phone. They of just course. go immediately to look at it. And I'm just going, what? What is the value of that? Maybe just give it a day. Maybe just put it down for a day, especially if you're a player. And you are risking a six-figure in this in Jermaine Whitehead's case, a six-figure, not a seven-figure, but a six-figure paycheck. Mm-hmm. I think just to to go spew oh, yeah, six just, figures to spew venom on Twitter at a bunch of humans you've never met before. Like, what what is the point of that? And there are some people who live in this world of social media that totally get it, mm-hmm. right? That totally understand that know that it's not that important. That they they use it for for whatever purposes they want to use it for. They get like like. So, like Sam Darnold, for example, mm-hmm. I think the guy who was least offended by the seeing ghost thing was Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. And what do I always say? You can't be more offended than the guy who's the victim, mm-hmm. right? And Sam Darnold was the quote unquote victim of that whole thing. Sam Darnold's lived in this social media world his whole life. He he grew up around you know elite eleven combines, right? Mm-hmm. Where like there was viral moments about his throws when he was fifteen years old, and he played at USC. Viral moments all across his. His career, like he doesn't, he's not phased by what somebody says on Twitter about him. Nope. He he lives in the biggest media market in the world and has no pulse. Like, why aren't more people like that? And, and by the way, he's ironically Mike Francesa was right in his rant about with the fart in it. Uh-huh. Sam Darnold is regressing, much like Marcus Mariota was regressing because the organization is not handling him well. 
Uh, that's the irony of the Mike Francesa rant is that it could have been about the Titans. But it wasn't. It was uh, – I mean uh, – does it, that make sense, though? Some guys just grow up in it, and they understand that it's not that big a deal. Um, yeah, because it's like some guys, it's you, you have it, but you don't necessarily need it because you are so big in the sport that, you know, Tom Brady, I think he just got on it just because. I mean, his now, next, next chapter yeah, of his now he wants to make, have fun yeah. and, 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 and whatnot. LeBron James, I mean, he's a weird one because <laughs> – he acts as if he has this, you know, he's this Teflon Don type and in, in, in alligator skin, but then he puts out sw- tweets, yeah. and 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 he's sensitive. He gets a little about, touchy. Yeah, sometimes. so I mean, guys, some guys do it to, as a as a sense of motivation. Uh, some guys do it just to or girls. Um, to see the likes and it's like you said that endorphin yeah that goes it releases off. in your brain yeah um, so I mean it, it, social media is not bad I don't think it is I just think you, it's people the way are bad you, yeah the way you choose <laughs> to use it it's just like anything else if you abuse it then yeah it's bad let me ask you guys I, here's what my new because I've, as I've said many times on the show Twitter's not real life here's what I think Twitter everyone should view Twitter it is for for breaking news like reading actual news from like actual reporters, like real adult journalists who are doing real adult journalism and writing real stories. Everything else is just sarcasm. I, I'm not sure you should take anything else seriously on Twitter. If it's not real news broken by a real Twitter journalist, is the bait machine. right? I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like it's you should just machine. just not take anything that happens yeah. there seriously. Have fun. Send out your tweets. Read the responses if you want or don't. But like, I don't think it should be taken seriously. Is that like, or, or does Twitter reveal your true self? Because a lot of people will tweet things over social media with a keyboard and 140 characters that they really wouldn't want to say to you in person. So, all right, that's an interesting question. What is the more truer self? The one who actually treats everyone in their life with respect? Or the person who says some angry things after a couple cocktails on a Saturday night when they're alone on Twitter? Well, like, which I've one's the real said, you, though? I've always said... Because one of them's really acting towards people nicely uh, and kindly and respectfully. I've always said that... When people are in that situation where they've been, you know, consuming alcohol and they say things, those things which they said are things they've been wanting to say. They're true things. They just now they have they have the courage to say it's kind of like social media. The filter. Yeah. I have the courage because now I'm sitting behind a keyboard and nobody sees me. So now I have a I have the right. My true feelings are going to come out. I've always said that about when someone says something when they have had you know, three, four drinks, that's what they've been thinking deep but down. But is it, is it also possible, though, that it's just an overreaction, too? Like, you had a couple cocktails and you overreacted. Like, everyone's everyone on the planet's fought with a significant other, mm-hmm. had an argument with a significant other, and every point and in every argument, it gets to the point where you say something you don't mean, right? Like, you, mm-hmm. like every, both sides of the, the Nah, the, the, you the mean it, but you probably didn't well, want it to come out that way. I just mean you're in the heat of the battle, and you say something, and you go, oh, crap, man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. No, you meant it, but you didn't mean for it to come out that way. Yeah, I'm. That's what it is. Because you can't you can't mistake whether in sports or whatnot. What Whitehead said, he meant it, but he probably didn't mean for it to come out that way because he was angry. Well, he might had be. He, he's threatening to kill people. Yeah, that's a little had, different. Had I just he had like, time, had had he not went on social media right after the game, maybe if he had time to cool down, right? I mean, then maybe he would have said it in a different way. But he still that thought was still there. Yeah, I know. I just think if you, <laughs> I think if you yell at your if your wife yells at you about your about the in laws or something like she doesn't. She mean it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. No, I, man. <laughs> Listen, I, 
I, you I, think, you're broad, I think you're broad brushing no, every no, human no. being. You mean it, but you don't mean for it to come out that way. But if you have a problem, whatever, let's just say the in-law. If you have a problem with your in-laws, you, you want to say it to her or him. It comes out a certain way. You're not sorry that you said it. You're sorry about how you said it. Well, that's a part of it, too. Yeah. You're just sorry about how you said it, right. but you wanted it to come out. Twitter's, and it not, did. Twitter's not real life. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now. I don't think I, what you say in fights are real life. Either, if, but... if LSU beats Alabama, uh-huh. I will have a few drinks, and I will call you, and I will let it out, and I will mean every word I say. Can we just can we, be... can we do that on a conference call, though? Uh, yes. Like, can we all be a part of that? Record, I, I'll actually record, record the conversation. Well. We'll play it back home. Is Monday. this a two-party state or a one-party state? Like, how much... Munson will have to have the... Uh, the little bleep out sensor ready. Do a little audio, uh, a little editing, like Belichick. Yeah, there we go. Like Mike Francesa's actually, producer should have done when he uh, farted on his own show. You, you might actually sound like Belichick in the audio to Derek Mason. Ah, oh, Mason, bleep you. Check out the scoreboard, will you? We're on to the big finish. We've had a big show. It's a big show. And now it's time for a big finish on Morning Drive. Time for the big finish. We do it each and every day at 945, and it's brought to you by one entity that is ready for their next chapter. Braden Gall, that would be who? The Nashville Soccer Club. The MLS season is the next big thing in Nashville soccer. It starts next year. You can get season tickets now at NashvilleSC.com. NashvilleSC.com for MLS season tickets. It's the first year. You're not going to want to miss it, Marquise. And we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Morning Drive here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. On a day where Detroit jumped out to a quick lead three minutes into the game, and then, you know, one period goes by, unzip, Reds just playing down to their competition, and then, boop, <laughs> flip the switch. Not so fast. Yeah, you went a little corso on us there. They did, um, they, they, they pulled the old, the old boxing, and they let you win the first three rounds, three, four rounds, and they say, oh, okay, 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 I'm, I might be behind in the scoreboard. Let me let me start really fighting now. A little rope-a-dope? Yeah, and then they just tag you and put you out in, the, in it like the eighth round, because everybody's hyped, like, yeah, they're going to lose, he's going to lose, the champ's going to lose. Not that the Predators are the champs, but I'm just going to put them as the champs in this one. The champ's going to lose. And then eighth round comes, and everybody gets quiet because <laughs> the challenger is now on no, the canvas. Yeah. Matthew Shea with a couple of goals. Everybody getting in on the action, right? Kyle Turris gets a goal. Benino, who's been absolutely outstanding this season, gets another goal. Forsberg picks up a goal. Matthew Shea with two, I said. But they have Jofa back together for a couple of games here, and it shows 60 goals now on the season. One of the highest scoring teams. Highest, I think the second highest goal differential in the Western Conference. So uh, you're talking about a team that's lighting people up. The Predators got two more power play goals, so I am well on my way to a Dan Lambert tattoo. And I even get a text message last yes. night at like 6.15 from Willie Donick, who says, don't know if you were watching the pregame show on Fox Sports Tennessee, but we just gave you a shout-out on the tattoo. So it's on now it's out on television. There's no way I could ever back yeah, out of this. No, you're not backing out of this, buddy. It, it, it's full so flag. I didn't realize his strategy, Derek, but his strategy was clearly to build his brand. And yeah. so now he is on television. So good for him. And if it draws more attention to Morning Drive, I'm fine with that. You know what you, your next step should be? If they finish number one, put put Lambert on your bum bum. Well, you just settle down and get your no, laptop put ready. put Lambert on your bum bum. No, that's enough. <laughs> on your tuchus? That's enough. Yeah. Put, just, put, just put Dan on one cheek and yeah. <laughs> Lambert on the other. Everybody's got to remind you now from here on out. Hey, got you on TV, man. <laughs> the, the things people do these days to get on television. 
Floyd Reese is with us here on a Tuesday. I mean, I'm not sure you can place blame on anyone, and yet you can place blame on everyone. You know, it's that has not been our trend. And and I think if this was something that had gone on all year long, you know, if we had double-digit penalties and had three, four, five turnovers a game, then you would say, okay, now there are real issues here. We've got to change a bunch of stuff. But we have been anything but that. And then you get into a game like this, as important as it was, and, and it all happened. And, you you know, if, if uh, somebody in the football world had an answer to that, they'd be living on their own island someplace. This is WTXL ABC 27 in Tallahassee. So there's a blue check mark. There's a blue check mark here. 30,000 followers. Sounds legit. News, news channel in Tallahassee. Sources, Florida State nearing a deal with Bob Stoops to become next head football coach. So. Mm. I like it, though. I like it, too. There's a blue check mark. Yeah, that, right? sounds, that sounds tasty. Yeah. Blue check mark, right? <laughs> Well, Chase got a blue check mark too. Oh, yeah. they, they, they give, they, oh, they give those uh, they give those Chase, out like bubble gum nowadays. Yeah. Well, well, why don't you have one then, buddy? I have no idea. Yeah, they were trying to, you, we still trying to figure that one. Yeah, out. we all got bubble gum yeah. except for you, bud. Exactly. exactly. I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> it is top for Tuesday. And if you want tacos, you can have those as well. <laughs> Let's do it. The Almond Betts Brothers? That's what it says. The Almond Betts Band? Band? Is that Dickie Betts, I'm assuming? Not Mookie, Mookie Betts. Mookie? No, it's is not that, Mookie are they Betts. Cousins? You guys don't know anything about yeah. music. Are they cousins? And it's not Liddell Betts. So n- not only do you not know anything about music, but you don't know anything about football either. No, Man. I don't know anything. Dickie Betts is a founding member of the Almond Brothers Band. Who cares? Oh, my God. Not the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, Jeez. if it's not the Doobie Brothers, I don't care. I'm exactly. I'm, oh. All right. If the Doobie Brothers. Not Almond it. Joy. Yeah. Exactly. If it's Hall and Oates, I care. But the Betts Brothers, no. Don't care. Go for brothers. How many brothers is it? Is it four brothers? No, no, there's only two brothers. We got two brothers in here. We got two yeah. white guys. No, the Nick, and da- Nick and Braden are the white guys. Marquise and Derek is are the it, brothers. Is it Debbie Betts or Dickie Betts? Dickie Betts. Whatever your heart desires. Stop being such a jerk. Almond milk? (laughs) See what I started? I'm warping everybody's brain. We welcome in the head coach of Belmont, Casey Alexander. You guys know better than anybody. What people want to talk about right now is uh, football, and for a good reason. I mean, it's it's a great thing. And so basketball's not even on the radar for a lot of folks. And to have those marquee matchups, you know, does bring some attention to the game. And, you know, but for guys like us, I can tell you every game, every game really matters. You know, if I mean, Belmont's an at-large team last year. If Belmont loses their second game in overtime at Sanford, they don't make an at-large bid. If Nate Moran at Lipscomb makes a three at the buzzer against Belmont, then Belmont doesn't get an at-large bid. So it's easy, it's easy to say this is just non-conference, but in reality, it all matters. Our buddy Johnny, hardcore listener, big Preds fan who lives in Canada, sends a tweet. He says, see, unlike Nick Hale, I make safe proclamations. Like if the Preds win the Stanley Cup, I'll buy an authentic jersey with a player's name who scored the winning goal. So what if Matt Irwin wins the Predators the Stanley Cup with a goal? And he gets a Matt Irwin jersey. Very unlikely. Boy, Johnny, don't get too crazy. I love Matt Irwin. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's That's not not crazy and wild. D-Mace, Friday night, me and you. Get up the bars in Canada and rock my Matt Irwin jersey. <laughs> Let's get dangerous. As I pedaled my bike through the streets of China, I was amazed China. at how the country has adopted Yao Ming and the Houston Rockets as not only the team of the century, but the team of an entire nation. Yao Ming, bless your soul. Uh, another missed three by Arizona. UCLA up five in the second half. 
because everything with zombies is redundant. So you basically have dead bodies walking around that get parts chopped off and then continue to walk around to some degree. And it's pretty undefined what it takes to kill a zombie. You just no, keep chopping not. away at them, evidently. I understand how much work they put into this, especially NFL head coaches. But when you cannot function... <laughs> that is the Morning Drive Daily Rewind. Uh, I love how he talks about walking around killing zombies there, Mike Leach does. I know a guy who could probably actually, if, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I'd go right to this guy's house because I'm pretty sure he could take care of zombies, and that's Mike Fisher. Uh, Preds fans, don't miss this Wednesday night Smashville Live featuring special guest Mike Fisher. That's right. We'll be in Cool Springs at Brewhouse South. The show starts at 7 o'clock. Mike Fisher and I will talk about killing zombies and the Predators hockey team. Uh, I will host the show uh, also uh, along. We can win, win some tickets to an upcoming Preds game. A limited number of autographs or pictures will be available, so get there early. Wednesday Night Smashville Live, of course, is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Yeehaw Beer, and Red Spirits and Wine. Yeah, if, you're, if a zombie apocalypse happens, of the four of us, who survives the longest? Oh, me. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, of course. I watch all the zombie movies. I know what to do, that what not to do. doesn't make you better. Oh, yes, it does. You can't lift your right arm above your it shoulder. It doesn't matter. I know where to, sh- where to take them out, where not to go. I've watched all the same much, stuff. How much food to have. I know it all, man. You couldn't. Yeah, but, uh, I, but you can get out in the wild and make your own. You can't even eat meat. Yeah, I can. Okay. Or I will eat meat then. Folks, there's not an ounce <laughs> of truth to that. Not a kernel of truth. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it for us. Enjoy the ranking show tonight. Enjoy the ba- uh, the massive college basketball games uh-huh. tonight. Uh, I like Duke, and I like Sparty tonight. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Sparty okay. and Duke. As one man once famously said when he signed off of his social media posts, I'm just saying, take care. Bailey, DJ Nashville, I love you.